welcome to episode four of Under the Spotlight. Thank you for the feedback in the previous episode, and thank you for downloading this one. Before we begin, I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts after the episode. If you'd like to give feedback, please DM me at Hugh Burgess on Twitter. If you'd like to support this show, you can head over to paypal.me forward slash Hugh Burgess Germany and make a wee donation. This episode may contain profanity. I'm Hugh Burgess, and you're listening to Under the Spotlight, episode four. For this month's episode, I spoke with the McLean brothers, three young lads from my hometown in Edinburgh. Growing up, the three brothers would take adventures in Ned, a small nook in the northwest of Scotland, and quickly became seasoned in sailing and other outdoor activities. I should also say that this episode is a personal one, as the McLean brothers are my cousins, so I'll try not to be biased, but I'm incredibly excited for them as much as I am nervous for the task ahead. Earlier this year, it was announced that they would be taking up the enormous challenge of rowing across the Atlantic, from Logomora in the Canary Islands to Antigua in the Caribbean. That's around 3,000 miles. For two charities, Feedback Madagascar and Children First, as part of the Talisker Whiskey Challenge this December. Their aim, which is described on their website, is to become the first three brothers and the youngest trio to row across the Atlantic Ocean. They coined the name Broer, which I think is a clever mix of brothers and oar, but I'm not sure. It certainly has a ring to it. I was told Broer is Swedish for bridge, which is fitting. The three brothers are Ewan. He's the eldest brother and a design engineer at Dyson. According to their website, he's in charge of the technical elements of the boat. He's currently sporting a moustache, which I have to say rather suits him and gives his father's tash a run for his money. A talented singer-songwriter and a guitar player also, I'm sure Ewan will have plenty of sea shanties for the travels to come. Jamie, the middle of the trio, is a trainee architect in his fourth year at Glasgow School of Art. He'll be handling the planning and execution of the journey. A keen chef, He'll also be in charge of nutrition, which they say is critical to the survival and mood of the brothers. Fun fact, he has a striking resemblance to Heath Ledger or Tobias Menzies. Just don't tell him that. And then there's Lachlan, my godson, the youngest but certainly the tallest of the brothers. A philosophy student at Glasgow Uni, he's in charge of communications and spreading the story. When the days are dark and spirits low, Lala will be there for consolation and peace of mind. If you had hopes of being an accordion player, just give up, give up right now. He's a phenomenal player, but he'll be taking a harmonica to complete the band. This episode was created and released in October, which for them was already two months away from the beginning of what could be the toughest challenge of their lives. This episode contains many anecdotes and recordings over a period of two days, so I'll be creating two parts. The first half will explore the fundraising event called Tradlantic, in association with Pickering's Gin, which took place at Summerhall in Edinburgh on the 5th of October. And the second part will cover the morning after, where the main interview took place, featuring bacon sandwiches and hangover tea.
travelled to Scotland as part of a wee holiday with Jules, and that evening we headed to the fundraiser at Summerhall. Thankfully we were early, that's rare. I looked around to see where my brother was, who'd already arrived, and climbed the stony stairs up to a large hall with blue stage lights, greeted by a bouncer and warm hearty Gaelic music, and several people milling around looking at the fundraiser benches and trying out the Pickering's gin. I asked the bouncer if he'd seen my brother. What's he like? He asked, inhaling through his teeth and stroking his beard. Ah, you know, I started. Tall. He cocked his head lost in thought, and then I saw Jamie, finishing up the last few bits and bobs for the event, talking to Lachlan, holding an iPad, trying to memorise the passcode. Jamie was in a hurry, so told me the code twice, slapped my shoulder and left. Lala opened notes, wrote the passcode and screenshot it, setting it as the wallpaper. He laughed with me that he wouldn't forget the passcode now, and neither would anybody else should they find the iPad. Then I saw Ewan. That moustache was really something. A little family info for you here. Their father, Charlie McLean, the world-famous whiskey author, has had a thick bristled moustache since I can remember. It's part of his identity, and now it looked like Ewan has taken on the form as well, but we'll get into that later. Always calm and collected, Ewan reassured me of the event and was busy talking back and forth with coordinators and sponsors. I nipped back outside to find my brother in the adjacent bar beside the courtyard. The rowing boat the brothers would use for the race was set in the courtyard. An R45 model from Rannick Adventure, she was larger than I thought and very sturdy looking, covered in sponsor tags and sophisticated gear. Sheila, the mother of the boys, was also there and I caught a quick word with her. She was a bit nervous to be recorded, but always smiling with interest and full attention. Foolishly, I hadn't prepared any questions, but I asked her what she thought about finding out that her sons would all be travelling together across the Atlantic. A bit horrified. Yeah. And is that uh, something that you're you're excited for now, having seen the boat? I I've realised that they really want to do it, and I think it's going to be fine, and they'll be they'll be fine. But I just want them to get across safely. How long do you think it's going to take them? At least 40 days. 40 days. Maybe up to 60 days. Let that sink in. Timidly, we pondered what we'd see at the event tonight. Travelling around the whiskey factories. Have you been following them with that? Uh, I went up to one of the nights there, yeah. 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 Was that the one of the... the... Crinan Canal, which was great. Okay. Which was with um, whiskey for water, which was for Feedback Madagascar. The charity? Yes. And what are you expecting to see tonight? Uh, I hope some really good performers and some musicians, yeah. <laughs> including you yourself. Oh no, I'm not going to be singing. Oh, no, no. you're not? No, 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 I'm just watching. No. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to perform. You. No, no. <laughs> Huddled into the bar, eagerly awaiting for what would be ahead of us. I saw a few familiar faces, family and friends. We headed into the hall. The bouncer gave us a ticket for a free gin. I asked him for a second. He scoffed and then slipped me a second token. Later that night, he would be leaning against the walls, listening to the music. And I returned him that token, much to his pleasure. Get yourself a drink, I said. (laughs) 
air was filled with chatter of guests arriving. The room filled up slowly to a steady crowd of around 150, maybe 200 guests. The music from Yoon's laptop playing over. I should say in advance, it was very loud inside, so some of the recordings clip a little. I asked my brother Kier for his thoughts on the boat outside. Uh, it's much bigger than I thought it would be. Um, but at the same time, when you think about cabin space for them to sleep in, uh, you, would, you would expect or hope for more, but I guess they're wanting to be spending so much time doing all that rowing that they're only going to be doing two hour shifts of sleep at a time. So uh, I guess at the end of the day, they don't need so much space. Uh, the other thing is, for example, the choppy seas. The, the <laughs> he started telling me everything he could think of but heard about the food intake the brothers would need for the journey. Well, I seem to remember them talking about the, the amount of energy that they would need to sustain um, a healthy body weight, and uh, it, would, uh, it would calculate to the equivalent of, I, I believe, if I'm right in saying, 80 burgers daily. Uh, so that's obviously just not realistic. So. Um, they're going to have to do a lot of bulking up to allow for that, that extra body weight to, to be able to lose that extra body weight without becoming critically ill. He's been reading the book Why We Sleep and had an insightful remark about a potentially dangerous aspect of the challenge. Literally awful. You couldn't, you couldn't pick worse sleep. They're, they're finding, they're finding uh, a lot of um, common ground between sleep deprivation and these... Um, mental illnesses such as dementia and things like that so the stage filled up quietly with five lads jamie in the middle carrying their bagpipes nodding to one another they began that's jamie soloing at the beginning traditional McLean style, the night had begun.
That's Ewan on stage. Thank you all for coming down, guys. It's absolutely wonderful to see so many faces. Actually, I'm pretty blinded right now. But, um, yeah, first of all, so we're going to fly through this pretty quickly. Um, first of all, a massive thank you to Sun Hall uh, for, for putting us up in this fantastic venue and to Pickering as well, who are flying us with gin, which is great. Um, yeah, and a massive thank you to all the acts as well. We've got some unbelievable musicians playing on later on. Um, we're going to fill in and play a, a some pretty bang average track to be honest. But we're, very, we're very tactically That's Lachlan chiming in. I can assure you that the music will get a lot better after us. But... Oh, and that's not to say Piper's ain't quite bad. There is Yeah, they actually imposed themselves on the program. We did not ask them to do it. We're very, very done. Um, right, so I don't think there's anything anyone can say. So, yeah, so a brief running order of the evening. That's Jamie covering the acts for the night and teasing their promo video, The Great Whiskey Pillage. Uh, switch over at which there is the world premiere of The Great Whiskey Pillage. Woo! So, hopefully, but we've been frantically trying to get a laptop that will work with the PGA to give us the projection. But I think it's going to work. And during the switch over, make sure you go visit the uh, charity stores and also the broad store. We've got t shirts for sale that we're all donning tonight, as well as our Helpers who are cutting about selling raffle tickets, you can get raffle tickets at the table as well and also pre-order the Amtourist Gin, which is our specialist limited batch gin. It's worth saying as well, every single penny tonight is going straight to charity, um, so please be, be generous. I mean, they're two fantastic charities. Um, so yeah, just a, a few words about the charities. Um, we kind of, we met with quite a few charities at the, at the beginning of the process. Um, but the two we've gone for definitely stood out to us. So it's Children First and Feedback Madagascar. Children First is Scotland's national children's charity. They provide um, support to children and families who um, experience grief or trauma early on in life. Um, Feedback Madagascar, I, I experienced the, the charity first in Madagascar two summers ago. Um, our focus is going to be on water, water boreholes in Madagascar. So we'll be um, 14% of rural population in Madagascar has access to clean water. And a fifth of children don't reach the age of five because they die of waterborne diseases. So every single penny tonight will be going towards these two, two causes. So please buy, buy your raffle tickets, get your, uh, your bro t-shirt, pre-order the gin, because it's all for a really good cause. Yeah. <laughs> with some foot stomping music from Harry and Sorry. So I think that concludes. Yeah. We'll stop jabbering on. <laughs> and yeah, enjoy the your evening. <laughs> Here's Kira again, forgetting I was recording. Lachlan needs to go away. Lachlan's a bit Can you imagine what, what he's going to be like? Uh, what a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Lachlan's, you said Lachlan's looking a bit skinny there, kid. Jules? <laughs> That's mum. Going across that minch up near Iceland, I mean, that would take the bulk off most people, wouldn't it? I don't know, mum. I, I, I have no idea. I've never done it I have myself. a fair idea. That's Jules. 
She said more German bratwurst. Put it down there. So, um, did we go, no, we go the three lads began a song they wrote a while back. Ewan on guitar, Jamie on the Ulian pipes, Lala on accordion. I first heard this one at one of their house parties. It encapsulates the atmosphere of the McLeans. There was always an air of something special when we went to the McLeans' house as kids. A large standalone house perched on the end of the Pentlands overlooking Edinburgh, filled with music, laughter, and family. If you think about it, it's all you need in life, really.
I looked around to see familiar faces towards the back of the hall. Hello everyone. Hello. Uh, my name is Ben and as Ewan uh, has just described, uh, I'm not actually the MC for this evening. Um, the guy that was supposed to be emceeing didn't turn up. Um, I've never actually done this before, uh, but I do have uh, three rules which I've been given by Jamie, Ewan and Lachlan. Uh, <clears throat> Rule number one, try to encourage as many people to drink as much gin as possible. <laughs> Rule number two, introduce the amazing acts that we have in store for you tonight. And number three, I can get drunk and make a fool out of myself. Um, so I just need to do those three things. And then the MC for the night, Ben Hogan, introduced the first act of the night, Sam Nicholson a towering gentle giant. One of the best guitar players that I know in Edinburgh. Sam is currently working on an album. My recorder unfortunately doesn't capture the full quality of his music. I was standing in the midst of around 100 people and the low bass tones of the guitar overwhelmed the temper of my mic. With an album coming out later next year, please put your hands together and give an enormous applause for Samuel Nicholson. <laughs> swayed and was backlit by floods of blue to red, reflecting the somber tones of his nuanced style. If you get the chance, I urge you to check him out. wandered over to the bar and used my token for a gin. I turned to see a good friend of ours, Gina. She grew up with us all and shares our family name but has no relation. You can hear Sam singing in the background. Uh, so 
my name is Gina. I'm a jeweler based in Edinburgh, and I've known the McLean boys since I was tiny. Uh, I, I just completely went, as soon as I heard that they were going to be doing this, I was like, of course they are. Um, I've grown up with them. I've known what they're like on the water. Uh, anytime we've had adventures in Neds up in uh, Drumbeg, Sutherland, we like just go out to see the sea and just for the whole day. And uh, they were just aces, sailing, uh, fishing, all the rest. So as soon as I heard they were going to be doing this, um, yeah, like I thought, like absolutely, like they could definitely do it. They're very capable boys, and I was just so proud. <laughs> just nothing but pride. Yeah, it's cool. Gina went on to talk about possibly catching them at the end of the journey. I actually had the exact same conversation with Laglin. He was saying, uh, man, I'm booking the flights for the boys just now. Like, we're, we're going to be heading over. We've got these flights. We're going to get the ferry as well. Like, are you interested? Because um, that all started from the fact that my dad uh, had basically bought in the auction, one of the auctions they had, um, a trip, a sailing trip with the boys for myself and Finlay. Uh, my brother and uh, yeah we were basically planning to go on this big sailing thing but we couldn't find time because nothing that tends to work so I was speaking to Lachlan on and off and he basically said would you be able to come to Antigua to like wave us off or like come for a rowing you know trip just for like a couple days before we set off there and that sounds incredible but my thought was the exact same financial status doesn't know if it'll allow it but you know, I might look back into it because I think it would be like a one-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do that and waving them off, I can't even imagine. That'd be so cool. You'd just be waving them off into the distance. <laughs> like, absolutely. There was a pause in the music. Jamie Spencer, director from Feedback Madagascar, came to the stage for an announcement. And the proceeds from the whiskey that's going to be blended and sold will all be going to the boreholes for clean water in Madagascar. If anybody is interested to purchase or even to um, win a bottle, there's a chance to win a bottle by registering at the feedback stand just there. Uh, £10 to register uh, for the, to win a bottle. You have to guess how long it's going to take those three to get across the Atlantic and whoever gets the nearest will win the bottle. Otherwise, you'll have to fork out big bucks. There's your chance. All right, have a great night. <laughs> I turned to see Finn McLean, son of Charlie's brother Jamie McLean, first cousin to you and Jamie and Lala. Finn recently got married, so I went over to congratulate him. He has a rugby build and kind eyes. We joked about the event of his wedding. Finn's cousin Gregor stood beside him and had been headbutt in the face by his drunken brother at the wedding. He had a small line over the bridge of his nose and reassured us that his nose was straight. Gregor? It was not straight. We got talking about the podcast and I asked them for a wee word. They gladly obliged. I didn't realise Gregor was also somehow my cousin. Uh, Gregor Gilchrist. Okay. Also a cousin. Also cousins. I have second, first for him. So we're all related here. We're all okay. related. Oh, we're related. Yeah. Somehow, I uh, down the line somewhere. Okay, all right. This is nice. I asked them what they thought about the task ahead for the three brothers. Gregor simply said, Mental. <laughs> that's, one, that's one way of saying it. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, some effort. Um, mostly just impressive that they they thought that they could even like do it and then all the training that goes into it as well yeah that it's, it's unfathomable but yeah we swapped thoughts about the possible accidents that could occur then Finn told me oh I mean I, I had a friend who did the uh, the clipper yacht race and he was um, second in command on the on the in the clipper and they lost their mast 
literally first weekend and had to be rescued, going through like hurricanes and like been same same sort of leg that the boys are doing. So I mean it's but they're supposedly rowing at the time where it's the best suited for rowing. Is in like there's going to be lack of waves and actually it's going to be nice calm weather throughout. So here's hoping they're correct in that, but you never know. It is the Atlantic. Tony McHugh, a friend of Ewan from Glasgow and fellow singer, started on stage on the piano. Ewan was in an award-winning a cappella group called Choral Stimulation, which featured on BBC's The Naked Choir, hosted by Gareth Malone. They got to the final. If you get a moment, check out the cover Nothing Compares to You. Ewan is on the far right with Tony standing next to him. <laughs> took to the guitar and loop pedals. The event was in full swing. I bumped into Jamie's long-term girlfriend, Alice. When you heard that Jamie, Lachlan and Ewan were going to go across the Atlantic, what were your immediate thoughts? I thought it was a wild idea that was never going to transpire, to be completely honest. And it wasn't until I saw the boat on Byers Road around the corner from our flat that I realised that... Can I swear? But I realised... Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually quite glad Ewan's going. Ewan's going? <laughs> I think she meant one of two things. Either Gallo's humour, that Ewan is going, or that Ewan will look after Jamie. I couldn't figure it out. I went down into the bar back outside in the courtyard, and there stood the owner of Summerhall and good friend of Charlie's, Robert McDowell. He added that Summerhall was Europe's biggest multi-arts private art centre. There we go. Second only to the Barbican in London. We put on 1,300 shows, 4,000 performances, dance, theatre, art, you name it. 500 people work here. We've just had Broar, the three McLean brothers who madly we support, we have our logos on both sides of their rowing boat, are going to row for 50 days, 100 miles a day. How can you do that? Unbelievable. Across the Atlantic, for charity, my God, for me it would be the greatest charitable thing not to have to do that. He went on to tell me what Kier had previously said about the daily food intake. It sounded like the food was becoming more and more incomprehensible. The energy they have to expand is equivalent to the need of each of them to eat 80 Big Macs, cheese Big Macs, every day for 50 days. That's 4,000 Big Macs each. That's the amount of energy. And that's the need to consume 12, the equivalent energy of 12,000 Big Macs. That alone just gives you some idea the, what they're going to put themselves through. I cannot imagine it. I cannot believe, believe it. I think it's just extraordinary. And amazing. Then we came to the heart of his thoughts. 
I admire these three boys. I've known them since they were little babies. They are ma they are so talented. They're so nice. They're so lovely. They do music, do architecture, engineering, design, all sorts of things. And now they're doing this over the winter, um, end of December through January. They're going to be sailing. Uh, not sailing. Huh, not even going to be sailing. Going to be rowing. I made my way back upstairs where Akeli had begun. Jules told me that it was the first time she'd seen one. Everyone was dancing and twirling and throwing up hands, dancing the dance as if they were leaping over swords. That's Hannah Fisher on violin and Soren McLean on guitar. I tried to find something online about them. Hannah has an EP out called Watching Time. Soren has an album called Winter Stay Autumn. Strip the Willow, a traditional Scottish dance. The song and dance itself lasted over 15 minutes. Jackets handed out, we moved down the stairs in slow procession, everyone getting a handshake and a hug from Lachlan, who was slightly three sheets to the wind. It's worth noting for the McLean boys that this event marks the last time they will be having such a night of freedom. From now on, it's all heads down, two months to go the final stages before they set sail moving into gear. Stay tuned for part two. father of the three boys. Charlie is a larger-than-life character. He's a writer of whiskey, carries a monocle around his neck, and of course, has the big bushy moustache. He went to school with my dad, and has a wonderfully low timbre in his voice, very similar to that of the late Christopher Hitchens, a pitch which soothes and warms the hearts of those around him. Jamie's facial features bear the closest resemblance to Charlie's. Charlie poured a cup of tea for us. Yeah, we had a two weeks in the Ionian Sea, which is the, the looking at the map, it's on the west side of Greece, the Ionian Islands, and the, uh, which are things like the Corfu, we didn't go as far north as Corfu, so Ithaca, um, uh, Kefalonia, um, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, lovely, lovely weather. And, um, And that was all through Sam, Samuel Paul Smith. He, he, he was. He was with He, he uh, yeah. no, he, he has this group. We have a group, he has a group of friends, which I'm one. Um, and we go sailing. With, this is, I think, our six, seventh season. We've done three in the Caribbean, one in the Andaman Sea in Thailand, and then one previous one in Greece, in the um, Dodecanese, which is the other side of the mainland Greece. Um, 
Where are you based just now? Uh, where you live in Hamburg. We caught up over the little things and got talking about my life in Hamburg and my job, which I'll tell you, I'm not too proud of, but it's work. It's not yeah. here, please. Uh, it's not like um, when you think of the the workstation, workstaff where I'm working. It would you think it's like this? You know, you do one action repetitively. It's it's actually quite interesting. It's um, making the lights, wiring, soldering, and then packaging. Charlie told me how the boys got in late last night. They'd been out all night celebrating the success of the fundraiser. I can't imagine how stressful it must have been, and even more of a relief to let their hair down a bit. I noticed he had an Alexa. We shared our suspicions over Alexa. But it is spooky because it listens all the time when it's on. What's and that? I think that, that if, if there was, um, if we were talking something seditious or whatever it is, they would, they, they, it's capable of, of recording, of, of uh, reporting it. Yeah. Yeah, of What's the... Um... Do you, you don't expect oh, me? Yeah, What's the name of the, the guy that runs Amazon? I can't remember his name now. Yes, he's very famous. Um, billionaire, I can't remember his name. I don't know. Either. He struck a cigarette. The cigarette smoke curling above his head. Alexa, who owns Amazon? Amazon.com is a publicly traded company. According to their 2018 proxy statement, as of February 2018, founder and CEO Jeff Bezos was the largest individual... Alexa, connect me to Jeff Bezos. Yeah, that wasn't going to work. Calling with Alexa is not supported. Oh, God, I was going to say calling Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, shall I go and wake him up? Yeah, you could do. Yeah, go and have a look and see. They'll be in the... The, the two the two rooms here there'll be there'll be several of them I should imagine dozens of them. Good. I'll tell you what Jamie's Jamie's in the sitting room so go and go and wait Jamie. I went to find the boys with Charlie. Jamie was in the living room. Charlie addressed him in the same way he always has. Morning sausage. Uh, you alright? Come yeah. see you. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, I'll go and sit down. Yeah. yeah. Are they in the, the, the... I went upstairs. The house was still. A large painting of Charlie hangs about halfway up the stairs. At the top of the stairs, there's a room, which Lala says is definitely haunted. The hallway continues to the left. There's a bathroom on your left-hand side, and at the end of the corridor, two doors. I felt a bit goofy leaning into the room and checking who was there. There were people I didn't recognise sleeping on the floor. Uh, you okay? Yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll see you downstairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hey. You alright? I asked Charlie what he thought about Ewan's Tash. Um, I think it's rather good, actually. It's now it, it has become a proper moustache. Yeah. Um, he's since I saw him last, which was probably about 
two, fortnight ago. The moustache has got better, but he's grown this rather scrappy beard. Oh, is it? Um, but whether he's whether he's going to grow that when they're when they're rowing, I don't know. Probably oh, will do. Oh God, I'd love it if he could keep it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he actually suits it as well. Yeah, I think he does, and I like his moustache. I must say. It it seemed there was uh, who was it? Maybe Jules told me, but it attracted a bunch of moustaches as well. There was a bunch of. <laughs> Boys his age all walking around with moustaches everywhere. Right, yeah. right. And it's not November yet. I was wondering what that was about. <laughs> um, what do you think about the whole journey across the Atlantic? Charlie took a sip of his tea. The rhythm of the conversation changed from small patter to one of focus. He looked into his tea for a moment and then addressed me by my name. Now, maybe I'm reading into this a bit too much, but Charlie never calls me by my name. He always calls me Sonny or Lad. You may notice this shift in tone. Well, initially, Hugh, um, you know, I was n nervous about it mm. because you know things can go wrong at sea, and it's quite an undertaking. Um, notwithstanding, the, the, there are a couple of support vessels, but the the the, the, the competitors, or call them competitors, the rowers will be spread across about a hundred miles. And so there'll be a boat at the, at the front and a boat at the back, the support vessels. But in truth, what happens in these things is that if you do get into, if you hit a storm or something, you, and if, if it's bad, you know, you put out a mayday, and the law of the sea is that the nearest vessel, any vessel that picks up the, the, the mayday, is obliged to go to the, to the site, and then they talk to each other. And then the, the, the nearest one um, will, will go, whatever, whether it's a cargo vessel or whatever kind of ship. Um, but you know, the, 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 there are these risks. But since then, I mean, they've been training so hard, yeah. and they've been doing so many courses in, you know, whether it's first aid or whether it's you know the, or anything maritime, you know, uh, navigation, all this sort of stuff. Um, and they've had terrific advice from from people who really know who, who the, the organizer, the people that built the boat, particularly. Um, and of course, they've done this this row, the, the so-called pillage row up the west coast, three hundred miles, um, and so and the and then more recently the row across the Minch um, overnight. Um, so they've really put in the training, and the um, so they're very fit, they're very capable, they get on very well because they quite apart from the physical side, there's the the mental side. I mean, a lot of both sailing and uh, let alone rowing, you know, sometimes crews never speak to each other again. You know, you're 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 incarcerated in a small boat, um, mm. and unless um, you know, you, there's no way you can't you can't escape. You know, you, you're 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 hugger mugger, um, and the um, so it can it can be a disaster. You know, um, in terms of the, I guess, the yeah, I guess it can make you or break you. There was yeah, we had a very similar experience when we travelled from Nice to Toulouse in a small car. Mom and Dad in the front, me, Kieran, and Lindsay, and it was twelve hours, and that was such an experience to learn just how well we worked as a family because <laughs> we fell apart about two hours in. Oh no! Dad threw the map out the window. Oh in a, in no! A fierce. He went, "Oh fuck!" And he threw it out. Mom pulls over. Get that map back. So Dad sort of out and lights a cigarette. Took his time, picked up the map, and then what? Gave the map to me. I think. Yeah, Hugh, not so similar to 3,000 miles over the Atlantic, potentially 40 to 60 days together, but you get the gist, everybody. 
from the Burgesses to yeah Toulouse. Um, oh yes, yes, we were all on holiday there. Yeah, that's right. Near somewhere near Toulouse. Yeah, South yeah, yeah. That was the journey. That's right. I'd forgotten that because your dad and I went went bicycling. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the uh, oh, the brakes didn't work. Or the, the bikes were really ropey, and the. Uh, but no, we had a nice week, but, and we got lost as well. You know, and we, we, it was one of these things where I'm sure we should go this way. No, 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 I think we should go this way, you know, to, to try and get back down to the, the house. Yeah. Um, no, that's right. I think that was the last time Dad came with us on a holiday. That was in 2007. He doesn't go out anymore. When is the last time you have to celebrate? Yeah, exactly. Last time. Last time I had any booze. Um, yeah, an apology to be incredibly useless. No, not at all. Useless. Not at all. Ewan came down, hungover and apologetic. Yeah, we think we might have Bas Madara down the side of the boat. Death or victory. <laughs> morbid, but I kind of like it. <laughs> it's very realistic. It's our, um, it's our clan motto. Is it? Oh, right, okay, yeah, the McLean. Yeah, yeah. The McLean, the McLean motto. Right, so. Um, yeah, okay, right. Jamie rose in the living room, his long hair over his face, blanket round his shoulders. Lachlan slumped in the armchair. Slowly the grind began again for them. arrived just as the baking sandwiches were handed out. Hans and Becky Offeringa from the Netherlands. Hans is a fellow whiskey author. He started asking them questions. I asked for permission to record. He was fine with that. But how do you prepare for 30 or 40 days? Finally, we slowly moved into the office at the front of the flat, closed the window, I balanced the microphone on a glass, and Jamie wandered in, sporting a nice hat. Why are you wearing a hat? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, it's I've audio. I've lost my hair bowl and it's happening. You I lose this might be when you start. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's what good. What do we think? I actually quite like it. It's pretty cool, it's cool. Good. I like it. I've got an excuse now to wear a hat. Um, <laughs> I think a hat looks really good with long hair as well. Ewan sat centre, fingers crossed, and Lala sat down next to me, his hands resting on his head. Here's the interview. Oh, I did, but fuck those. Oh, I've had that for years. Really? It's alright, we're, 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 we're gonna make raw silk ones. So we need raw ones. Sorry. Freeze I love a really light. I can't believe I bought my teeth the first night. Yeah, you bought that. I think that's nice. Is that, that from last? Oh, mate. That's here to stay. Really? Is, that, is that red bleach? You might yeah. be able to get it out. Put white wine on it and then it comes out. But you need to do that instantly, or is that Well, something? that's the thing. I remember being at this wedding, and uh, it was in the museum, the Edinburgh Museum, and I'm, I'm talking to this crowd, and it was going really well. I've never had that before. I'm like, everyone's laughing, and I went like this, and this woman walked past, and I went, bam, red wine all over her, and she went, fucking hell. <laughs> and then the guy, her husband or something, went, <gasps> and threw it <laughs> and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he was like, it's okay, it's okay. And thankfully, it came off. The white wine, red wine combo, Something um, does it. Such a word. Um, <laughs> so I said, uh, I said earlier that 
this is going to be very, very relaxed, okay? So you don't have to think about, should I say this, should I not say this? At the end, you can say, take that bit out. If there's something you remember that you really are uncomfortable with, that you don't want to be in it, that's absolutely fine. You know, if you talk oh, about it, like, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well, as uh, Hans was asking you, can you tell us about your training in Charmony, actually? Let's start at the beginning. So back in, back to Chamonix. Yeah. So one of our sponsors incredibly kindly offered to, to pay for us to go up to Chamonix to train with this trainer called Chloe Lantia. She's uh, an extreme endurance athlete. She, um, she's done the, um, what's the Marathon race? Marathon de Sable. Yeah, Marathon de Sable five times. And she's come she's top five each class. time. Uh, this yeah, it's it's it's, it's across desert? the desert. It's it's Sahara, desert. Sahara Desert in Morocco. It's it's like it's a I think it's seven marathons, day after day for a week, across a desert. It's pretty intense. <laughs> so she's pretty. Is that she, over seven days? It, it, oh sorry, maybe that's over five. Oh, I can't remember. But like that's one a day. day. Yeah, also, it, it's like you do a marathon and you go like. Hour, less than eight hours sleep in the desert and then you do another marathon and you do that day after day after day That's so she's pretty, pretty and she also pioneered a, a bicycle ride she was, like she, was, like she was world number one for uh, mountain biking enduro was she, oh she was hours. wasn't she yeah yeah she's, yeah. A, she's an unbelievable athlete she pioneered a 400 kilometer trek with her bike across the arctic over Alaska and um, so she's so yeah so one of our sponsors, um, Carol Swift, she paid for us to go out there and uh, we were there for only three days but it was probably one of the most uh, informative three days we've done. Yeah. Right. Not only from a training point of view but she took us through, like she made us run up Chat and like Mont Blanc and things like that but also she, um, she mentally prepared us. She ran us through like scenarios, like man overboard, worst case scenarios prepare for them if we if we had any control over what our worst nightmares were then we should prepare for that mm. and it was it was yeah it was a weekend we'll never forget do you think this yeah. is going to be a similar situation to seven marathons over seven days or four uh, I don't know that's like condensed yeah yeah maybe maybe I don't know yeah it's different kind of um, it's the longevity of it is for such a long period of time so it's kind of different it's more your yeah, you have to. And you're doing this more shift patterns. So yeah. I think the difficult thing for us will be trying to get into those like two hours on, one hour off shift patterns, which you wouldn't. I don't think you'd really do for a big running endurance events. Yeah, so it, it, it'll be more, diff difficult for different reasons. Yeah, more similar to Arctic. Are you yeah. going to get into that rhythm before you leave? No, no, no. We've, we've been advised not to actually. Oh some, really? Some, some, some people do. Some, some people do like two two weeks of two hours on, two two hours off. But, but then they just knack it when they really start. Really, just knack it when they start. Like you're gonna, it's gonna be horrendous, whatever. So I think so, the advice the advice we've been given is just to have a full tank when you leave. Oh, okay. Chloe, yeah, it was yeah. quite refreshing actually because yeah. we were we Same were like we were like, we were like we need to put on weight. We need to like practice sleep patterns like two weeks before, and she was like, no, no, don't do any of that. Like, be healthy. You you will lose weight. That's you just have to accept that. Don't go into it being like like trying to prepare like being sleep deprived already just like go into it fresh like mm. it's As going to be it's going to be pretty horrendous but like you just have to accept that before you start and just prepare be like in a position that you're most prepared for to do that yeah I think you've got to like practice going into doing two hours on one hour off or whatever and know what that's like so it doesn't like totally shock you as well 
Yeah. So which you feel it's not so much of a physical endurance, it's a mental endurance. Yeah. I think the mental side is probably more difficult. Like, Mental's I mean, probably hard, mental. but phys- physical is... So we did like a f- like our little taster of the shift patterns was we, we went from Ned to Stornoway and back. And that was only like 40 hours. But we did two two night rows. And like even then, like the the physical side's like it's pretty hellish. Like that was a taster of what it's like at night, going to bed for like fifty minutes, waking up, having literally just your head oh. just hit the pillow, waking up, and like you look out, it's pitch black. And there's two guys in silence, just <laughs> rowing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh dear. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get me some of that. Really doing well if you're sleeping back. It's the sleep deprivation. So, that's that yeah. would be that's the killer. I think uh, when I was talking to Keir, he he's reading that Why We Sleep book. Just yeah, like, I've I'm reading that. Ex- yeah, just what, now as well. What's your impression from that book? What what? I'm terrified. <laughs> has a doctor spoken to you and said what? Don't do it. They've said that. So Chloe's yeah. actually got. She's also a doc. She's got a medical background, so she's she's kind of understands the body very well, and she. We were asking about like REM sleep and getting because you know you only get into that after like an hour and a half, two hours. Right. No, um, you don't get into it until four hours. Really? Yeah. So that's like the deep, deep sleep. Yeah, you don't get deep sleep until like the the last. Yeah, in why we sleep, he explains that like cutting your sleep from eight hours to six hours, you actually lose like seventy five percent of your REM sleep because that's it happens in those final two hours. So cutting it from eight hours. To fifty minutes, you don't have anything. <laughs> like, that's literally just like, like it's, it's yeah. It's we, very early. We were asking her like, should we try and schedule in a long sleep overnight to try and get even close to that, Jesus. like even like a three hour sleep? And she was like, nah. You get when you're sleep deprived. If you if you sleep for like ninety minutes or two hours, three hours maybe, you wake up more tired than you go to sleep. So it's you're better just catnapping. Right. You just you get you get used to it. Your yeah. your body just adapts. It's like a power nap. Yeah, and you're you're exhausted the whole time, but you get this weird state in which like you know twenty minute naps. That's that just gets gets you gets you by. Because one of her, her one of her main points of advice was that it's you can you can still function. You can still exercise quite efficiently when you're sleep deprived. Obviously, you're not going to be at your your peak, but like yeah. it's it's not to do with your sleep. It's to do with your fuel, so it's to do what you're with. If you if you eat correctly, you can still have quite a good like energy output, yeah. and you can be extremely yeah. sleep deprived. She was like, you just have to get the sleep deprivation. Yeah, the sleep deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Are you are you trying to say sleep deprivation? Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we'll just take that, that your, this is the hungry day, Jake. <laughs> this is it. I thought I was doing so well. And then no, 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 it's fine. Hurdle. Heck, can you uh, see it, I think you should do, uh, are you going to do verbal tests every couple of days just to check your not. range? I hope not. I'm like going to stop speaking after day three. That's my end. Because, um, I can mute. You know, Lindsay's, oh, Lindsay's no. got uh, diving. Um, <laughs> Diving in license, uh, diving license. Yeah, yeah. she said that when you go past 30 meters or 30 feet underwater, um, you experience the same feeling as being drunk. And they said, the, the guy said to her underwater, um, he's signed or something to write her name backwards, <laughs> you know, forwards, but start with the end and write backwards. And she couldn't, 
you can do it. Yeah. What point have you said to yourself, I think I can do this? It probably was a 48 hour. Yeah. We did, we did the whole row up the West Coast, which was 300 miles, but it was over 10 days. So we'd row during the day, but then we'd have, we had events almost every night at each distillery. And so we had somewhere to sleep. I, yeah, it was also more tiring, to be honest. Yeah, because we had so many people to manage. But like, because of that, we had quite a good rest. Um, but the the forty eight hour row to Stornoway was probably the most oh, realistic it's that it's going to be. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I think like this whole challenge is it's a massive, massive thing, and you kind of need to break it down into little chunks. And each time you you learn about a new bit, or you you go, okay, actually, I understand that. I I know how I can do that. I know I can tackle that little bit of the problem. The, the, it's those little confidence boosts so going like okay we can do two hours on one hour off and we can we, that's actually I know what that's like um, so that you're not as kind of scared of that unknown it's not that unknown doesn't exist anymore yeah. and it's been the same for like everything from like how do you raise all this cash to pay for the boat or whatever or how do you speak to sponsors what does yeah. sponsors look for or whatever it is it's all it's all just trying to understand the problem um, and I think yeah I, I think the 48 hour row we probably learned the most I'd say yeah, um, I think that that was after that we were like, yeah, this is feasible, it's totally doable. So you tested the two hours on, one hour off. Yeah, we, and we tried all the patterns as well. So we tried one hour on, half an hour off, and then it then it becomes all five. Better, yeah. I preferred that. Yeah, surprising. I think yeah, it could because an hour of rowing is like pretty manageable. It's pretty doable. Like it goes by pretty quick. Yeah. It looks like if, you had a really nice rhythm as well. If you if you don't if you don't look at the clock, like yeah, it flies by. Yeah. If you start you're, you're if you start clock watching. That's the worst thing. You're asleep for the first like 15 minutes. The minutes just yeah. slowly. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 The two hours, you, you start like, literally you're falling asleep out of yours. Like you're out, my eyes were shut. Oh, you're, you're like, yeah, you're, you're not there at all, but you just can continuous like motion. Of <laughs> I found the best thing about the two hours on, when I off, was at the hour changeover when someone else comes out to change with the person that you, yeah. just before you, you're like, you're yes, like, you're like <laughs> I would hate to be that guy coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two hours earlier than yeah. fuck, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. One hour left. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You are a bit more like alive at least, I guess. Yeah. Af- after like an hour of rowing, you're... you're yeah, you're, it takes about an hour. Like, the last half an hour is fine. You're awake. Yeah. And then, yeah. 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 Everything before that is pretty, pretty harsh. And you see yourself... What, what are your personal thoughts on this journey? Um, you were saying earlier about how there's been several stories potentially about how this is going to go or what the journey's been up to this point. What is the story for you when you're on the boats? I don't know. I think one thing we've kind of been told by quite a lot of teams is that if you don't have a common goal as a team, it's the easiest way for you to all fall out. Mm. So you get some guys, some teams that are made up of they're maybe brilliant athletes, they've maybe done kind of um, I mean, probably, probably way more qualified than we ever will be for, for doing this kind of challenge. But they don't necessarily either know each other that well, or one of them's trying to win the race, or one of them's trying to um, be whatever team, just get yeah, across, yeah. or beat a certain team, or whatever it is. Just having a common goal, really. Yeah. I think that's that's because I think like your biggest the, advantage the, is that your brothers. I, I think it is yeah, a big advantage, and, like, and we we yeah. have that shared belief, like the. The main, <laughs> the main starting point for all of us was that we just wanted to do this as like share this incredible 
journey as three brothers and like the experience and that was the starting point and then everything else is sort of built up, up upon that so like we had that from the start which is probably pay, like plays in our favour yeah as aside to other teams like some of them will be like purely like some of them will just be put together because they've managed to get the funding and they just need people to be able to row yeah yeah. So some like we, will be doing it purely for the charities and n- not that that's an incredibly like worthy cause like we're obviously like incredibly driven by our charities but that wasn't the starting point for us so I think I think knowing each other really well as well and being able to be like shut up stopping a so break or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, like we'll yeah we're pretty quick to a good example is the guys we actually through there we actually <laughs> bought the guys we bought the boat off it was a four man team called Atlantic Seaman who did the, did the race last year and they like halfway through the race or I think it was actually towards the end three quarters of the way uh, through the race one of the guys became obsessed about not being beaten by one of the female teams so it was a there was a female four man four yeah four, four ladies uh, like overtaking them essentially and this guy was just like he hated it because they didn't know him that well and the rest of the guys were like well, what you that's not why we're doing this like we're doing this to enjoy ourselves they they were they were very much so about like enjoying themselves and having a great experience uh and it just caused a massive fallout like they yeah, didn't really talk to the guy anymore and uh, there's some there's some horrible stories about people falling out yeah uh like the pair yeah the pair so two guys did it, it best mates uh, midway across, one of them reveals to his pal that he's been sleeping with his wife. So he's been, ha- been having a, an affair with the guy's wife. And he chooses to tell him in the middle of the Atlantic. Oh no. And it's a weird kind of setup because you just, you're rowing for two hours. And then you swap, so you see see each other like not probably not in that very worst, much but like yeah, the worst. The change of it, where you're like, they did not talk for, for the for the rest of the the voyage. They did not. That was the share a word. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible yeah. strain on the mind. Yeah, yeah. So Can I think imagine that's like an I example think, of having the, having three though as well. That would be quite good because we'll be able to we'll be able to go out and there'll be two of us rowing. We can yeah, chat and like, else, yeah. Yeah. instead of just like <laughs> see each other in a pretty yeah, dead yeah, state every yeah. year. Okay, here's, here's a question. Um, what has been the most strenuous mental challenge for you up to this point? I think we've all accepted that it will be the most difficult thing we've ever done. Like right. that's, that's kind of a given. It's, it's the world's toughest row. So it's, it's going to be hellish. Um, in terms of like endurance stuff probably just cycling like so I've done a couple like big cycle trips across Europe and then into the Arctic and that probably just like yeah just day day after day having to like sit on the bike for like up to 12 hours and how you, far was that? Uh, it was like 3,000 miles and then the second one was like like 1,000k uh, but it was just like when you're in cold cold rain you don't want to sit on the bike and, but you just have to like soldier through it. That's that's probably my my only comparable yeah kind of achievement achievement. I don't know. I like even just training for this as well. Right? Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. But probably to be honest, this process has been even like this weekend. You know, we yeah. there's so many like yesterday we were talking in class. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Lachlan more stressed ever. <laughs> yesterday, like, <laughs> a, brief moment, a window of about half an hour that Lachlan 
was just <laughs> running about screaming. Excuse me. I was not <laughs> running <laughs> You were the first. You were the first I saw definitely drunk. Uh, well. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, like, then I could no, see. You was really stressed, and then you hit the bottom. Yeah. yeah. No, honestly. You know when we did the? Um, I think it was the Canadian barn dance. Oh, it was absolutely. We were going you absolutely. smashed into me. I was like, "What are you doing?" I I, I totally uppercutted some poor. Lady. You, I saw that. You were doing. You were so doing the Arcadian strip the willow. And it came to you dance with me, and you just stood in front of me <laughs> and, just, and just ran at me with your chest out. And I was like, What do I do? And I was just like, Fucking just headbutt. Like, what do you do when, a, when there's a large man just running at you? No arms, no direction. Would you, would you say um, your physique at this point? Are you, are you gaining weight for the role or have you lost weight at this point? Uh, yeah. We've gained a little. Okay, got a lot. Actually. Lachlan's actually lost weight. I've lost I think anything you've gained is a gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, well, I was about 65 kilograms, which is not Just now. tall. No, it was. Okay. Um, now probably about 74. Okay. Like that. We, uh, what about it was, it was funny. So we, like, nine months ago when we started the, the, the proper training program with um, Gus Barton, who's a guy who's based in London and he's done the, the race himself and he, he makes this um, specialised programme that is for Ocean Marine and uh, and we were like let's try and all by the by the start of the race let's all try and gain about 10 to 15 kilograms I'll gain two <laughs> <laughs> Ewan's gained probably the I most mean, quite a lot, Lachlan's man. lost I've, I was 90 kilos and now I'm like 86 <laughs> yeah but, you look like your boss boy yeah. but yeah. we it's funny, like old school ocean rowers will say, you need to gain weight, you need to have something to lose. But then we, like the, the weekend in, with Chloe and Shami was eye opening for us in so many different ways, like from a mental point of view, but also from like what we should be eating, what we should be doing whilst we're training, and what our goals should be before we set off. And she was like, don't, don't get fixated on training, doing really heavy weights, putting on muscle mass and mm. drinking loads of protein shakes because it, it, it doesn't work. Like right. you'll, you'll become bigger, but you will become inefficient and you yeah. will be, you, you'll have muscle, but you won't be able to utilize it. It's all about preparing your joints for being able to like sustain that for 40, 40 to 60 days. Like that. So, so it's a lot of mobility. Mm. It's not about being really powerful. Um, so she yeah. was actually saying like lighter is better I had for, a, for endurance uh, yeah. events. Yeah. When, uh, you know Johnny, our neighbour? Yeah. Yeah. When he joined the Navy, he did training in <coughs> Wales, Brecon Beacons. Yeah. And it, it was the, uh, what's that called when you join and you do your first week? It's like induction. Induction, yeah. Induction thing. And all these beefy lads came along. They were like really, you know, like on the way as Essex, big fellas, right? And it was a, it was like a five mile run or something. About a mile in, 95% of them dropped out. Really? really? Yeah, there was, I think it was about 30 guys and at the end there was about three of them or something that really? finished it. Yeah, Jeez. because it was all, it's like, it's like if you're a swimmer and then you gain a lot of muscle, you have to learn to swim again because yeah. your yeah. body is completely changed. Oh, 100%. And I had a personal experience with boxing. When I started, I, I had been in the gym for six months before to just sort of get up to a good weight and then I thought I could use my weight but I lost four kilos in the first week because it was just unnecessary. Yeah. And I, do you think that when you finish this, can you visualize what you're going to look like when you finish the race? I think we'll look pretty malnourished. Very. <laughs> you look shit right. Very, very skinny. Yeah. It's quite. It's quite. It's actually quite good. The race organizers, they obviously document the whole thing quite well. Right. And they they seem to do a good um, job of taking a really good photo of you before you leave. 
in your own kit and when you arrive in Antigua. And if you look at the contrast between most yeah. of, most people of age, Gaunt. like ten years, Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. So I think I th- yeah I think we will, but at the same time because we're all quite naturally lean. Yeah, doesn't we'll lose. We won't we won't lose as much as if you were a massive guy who's right. got a good insulation. Yeah, people like, lose up to like twenty nine kilos. So one one guy who's one hundred twenty nine kilos when he left and one hundred kilos when he arrived. That's like yeah twenty twenty nine kilos. That's I mean yeah that's a lot of fat. That's because he yeah had the weight to lose. Mm. Whereas like a lot of that's water as well. Right. It comes yeah back to the training and the diet. So far like our bodies should be adapted to doing this sort of thing, and we will lose some weight, but not that sort of extent. What's your preparation for um, illness or? Uh, diarrhea, anything like that? Do you have any kind of idea what, what you're we've got have? a pretty extensive med kit with us? Um, but for I think for like seasickness and that kind of stuff, they you do bring some anti sickness tablets. And but I mean I think it's more just getting used to used to. It. I mean you you you're putting your body through a huge amount of strain, so your mm. bowels get all kind of locked up to start with. And I think that, again that comes back to your diet and what you're eating on the on the boat. But I think that they're all things that you should work through. And hopefully we we don't get on boat ill. So yeah, and it's funny because like to pass around. when you when you when you write it all down, there's actually most things you can prepare for and you can to some degree control. But seasickness is something that you can't. So it's inevitable probably that for the first three days we'll experience some sort of seasickness, and then ninety five percent of people was that that yeah, it's, yeah. they d- recover they're fine. There's the five percent who become just Chronic seasickness, yeah. which is no one's fault. It's incurable, and then like you, you can't, you can't drink, you can't eat, and so you, you have to. If we have to get rescued for whatever reason, we send out a distress signal, and the chances are, because it's an unsupported row, the closest thing to us would probably be a tanker, um, and they are absolutely huge. It's so the wake is, if you're in a forty foot swell, and you've got a tanker beside you, that's. That's a massive like method. Double the height of especially the they're, they're, they're huge, uncomprehendably big, and like all they do is chuck down a rope ladder. Yeah. And you've got to just like. Also, their line of vision. So the the helm is at the the stern of the ship, mm-hmm. so that because of like the the bow will come up, and so their line of vision is about line of sight is about they can't see within Five four miles, miles of yeah. them. Jesus Christ. So they, yeah, they can't see everything. And they're usually manned by like four people. This huge ship, they're like up to you know, hundreds nice. of meters long. So you said there's you're unsupported and there's no support vessel with you. There, so there are two... In the area? There are two support yachts who kind of, they go with the fleet. One of them will match the speed of the slowest boat. The other is kind of media. And they'll go up and down the fleet taking photos. But realistically, because... There are different classes, so we're, we're doing it as a trio. There are solos, there are pairs, and quads, is the, that's the most popular. So we'll be spread over thousands of miles up to. So like, yeah, we're, we're, we're not, the chances are we won't be very close to that, that boat. Um, at times we will, we'll, we'll, we'll probably see it a couple of times. Um, but yeah, if, it's, if, if you hit your emergency signal, it's like law by sea that the, the closest boat Within that distress signal has yeah, to come so and rescue. Yeah, and you're all, you're always within two to three days of another vessel. 
Okay. Because it's quite it's, it's, it's a busy shipping shipping lane. It's a popular route and a popular time to cross the Atlantic. So. And it's the best time to cross as well. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's um, best time is January, uh, but they put it over Christmas just as a, kind of like a PR thing. The, just the, to make it even the more suffering magical. of being on your boat but the weather should be the, the weather <laughs> should be favourable <laughs> <laughs> it should be favourable we should have prevailing winds east to west the trade winds and then also the, the swells if there are Atlantic storms they, the hope is they're in our favour so they we end up surfing our way to Antigua as opposed to the rain you said the boat is I saw I saw the boat in Summer Hall it was there on, on show it was actually a lot bigger than I thought it would be it's a bit bigger when you get closer it's 20, 28 feet long 6 foot, six feet wide and the branding feet. on the side that I saw there was the charities yep and there was you said Panda Brew yeah 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 so we've got a number of sponsors who we we, we would like to thank Panda Brew is our main sponsor um so yeah, massive thank you to them. They've they've yeah. given us some really really. But the reality support. is like this, this, the sponsors make it make it possible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, a, a huge thank you to to all the sponsors. So I mean the main ones, um, I'm definitely gonna miss them off. But Panda Brew, of course, um, uh, Karen Hill Structures, University of Glasgow, um, Ardoch, Cal um, Swift, Cal Swift, Swift Morrison, Chloe Lanthier, GRM Marketing. Um, the, the list, the list Nairn, goes on. Foods. The list goes on. Like it, it's, it's really, it's, it's amazing. And each sponsor is like, it's they're totally different. Unique as well. story. They're yeah. all so different. So that they, they all bring their own sort of. Yeah, it's been great to get to know the sponsors actually, because because every kind of partnership you form, um, that they're looking for different things out of the relationship. Um, so some of them might be looking for uh, social media hits or. Um, or some of them are more interested in having like their name on the side of the boat. We were like talks like yesterday morning. We were doing a talk for Cairn Hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then GHP last night, Summer Hall. They've they've very kind of sponsored us and yeah. gave us use of the, the the space last night. So yeah, so they were more interested in us actually doing, doing something in the space. Yeah, yeah Pickerings are putting on the gym. Like it's it, it's really it's incredible. The, the, the amount of support we've had that it's going. The amount of support we've had is huge. Stuart Christie's, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just like friends and well, whiskey industry, sixteen distilleries on the west coast, or all of the west coast distilleries, pretty much, every single one. Isle of Arran, Glen Scotia, Springbank, Bowmore, Kalila, Brochladi, Bunahaben, Kalila, Lafroig, Lagavulin, Lagavulin. I'm gonna miss somewhere. Oban, Oban, Tomori, Jura, Ardnamarkin, Talaska. Maybe, maybe something. Kilhoman. Yeah. Like it, it, the the list goes on. I hope I've hit them all there. I'm not so sure. on average, twenty four bottles per distillery, which will come to over four hundred bottles in total. So. And then the oh, the last thing as well is the charities have been unbelievable. Um, I think we we. we um, wanted to make sure that the charities were going to get involved the whole thing and engage with us as, as much as we wanted to engage with them and they absolutely have they've gone oh, kind of above and beyond I mean the whole Whiskey Row was all organised by uh, Feedback Madagascar uh, and getting to know Jamie Spencer uh, who runs the charity has been like an ama- he's an amazing guy absolutely amazing guy and then Children First as well we're just kicking off a whole load of events with them and the Beat Boar yeah. Challenge um, they're they're a lovely bunch. So it, it that that side's been amazing as well, and the support that they've given us 
um, to start to kind of understand how you go about fundraising. That's been that's been a really big part of it. And what and look, what's incredible as well is like learning about the charities and what they the work they do. It's it's incredibly humbling, and yeah, it was really important to make any sort of a contribution to what they do. Yeah, is yeah. It was really important from the outset that we didn't just um, raise a bunch of money and then pass over a cheque. We wanted to engage in the charity as much as, much as we could. Uh, so we met with quite a few, and, but these two were I mean, like, definitely We can't get rid of Jamie Spencer now. He's <laughs> part of the family. Part of the family. Is that Skip? <laughs> no, 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 that's the director of feedback. feedback. And also Children First. Like, Susan, Susan at Children First. Bradley, she's amazing. And like, that, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's going to be something that we're definitely going to. It's not just going to be this year. It started off just being like a, a fundraising sort of project. year, but I think it's going to be something that's going to last with us for yeah, many, many years. years to come. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I think we're already planning the next, next one. <laughs> just need a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> and you're all quite seasoned with sailing as well. Yeah, yeah we've been yeah. spent a bit of time on the water, so hopefully we'll be okay. But it's it's very it's very different because of the size of the boat. Um, it does move around quite a lot when you get into kind of the kind of chop that we're going to see over the yeah. Atlantic, and it writes um, itself if it's self-writing. Yeah, yeah. we shouldn't we shouldn't be in a situation where the boat actually goes over. I think it's I think only three instances. Yeah, three instances. Oh, Sixty crossings. Yeah. Yeah. We've been assured by the boat builders that the boat is unsinkable. <laughs> <laughs> and what's uh, the most popular question I've had is what's the toilet situation? So we've got a big old bucket. Yeah. <laughs> just got a bucket. bucket on a line. <laughs> yeah. It's probably because, like, actually, I had this conversation with someone last night, and they were like, "How? You? It's going to be so intimate. Like, you're going to be rowing there naked with your brothers." And I was like, "I don't think that's the worst part. The worst part's going to be rowing, sleep deprived, naked, and staring you in in the eyes while she takes a shit, shit in a bucket in front of me and growls at you." Ewan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to ask you about this. Um, there's been uh, talk in the town about a recent appearance. Uh, your moustache. What's, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't really know. It's pretty, looking very dishevelled. Right <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. If you can see it. Is this uh, here just, it's, like you, here uh, it's like you lost it last night and you've picked it up from <laughs> what <laughs> He's found it in his pocket. What's, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? It's very it. dishevelled. I think yeah, it's lost it looks all, like it's really taking shape. It's lost all form. Oh dear. All right. Yeah, no, the moustache has <laughs> appeared. I, I don't know why it really started. Um, I think I just, I think I lost my shaver for a bit. I left it up in Edinburgh, and then um, my my beard's a bit patchy. There's a bit of areas where it's it's not great. So I shaved that off, and I was like, I'll just keep, I'll just keep the moustache. Well, it runs in the family. And then uh, yeah, I've, got, I've just kind of had it running for about not two months. Isn't that? Are you going to keep yeah, it going when you're sailing? No, I think I'll t- I think I'll take it off. What? Okay, this is my personal question. Was this is the McLean boys are famous in in the families. The McLean boys can endure, and the McLean boys are musical, talented, well organized, creative. How are you going to keep up the mentality with each other? Are you going to argue? Are you going to have sea shanties? Are you going to bicker? You were saying so, earlier that so, Ewan's a bit of a talker. What's going on here? <laughs> We've got a designated cabin at the back for Ewan. No, when we get sick of him, we're just gonna lock him in, <laughs> and he can out. do what he wants back there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Nah, I think, I think in all seriousness, like, we've always played music together. Yeah. That's always been something that we've, uh, that's kind of brought us together as a team. So we'll be taking some, uh, we'll probably, some sea shanties, but also we'll take scaled down versions of our instruments. <laughs> On the, the on rope. Yeah. yeah, I'll take the harmonica. You and I'll take oh, the, brilliant. the shaker. Yeah. Jamie, a whistle. Shaker. And maybe a set of pipes to yeah. pipe us into a team. I was, like, was yeah. going to ask you what you would bring with you. If you could bring a fantasy item, what would it be? One fantasy item. It'd have to be something that in the middle of the Atlantic you'd. A very small masseuse. Yeah, no, I. I <laughs> Wait, what's a masseuse? No, it's a fantasy. It can appear. They can appear, yeah, it could be anything. 100%. To be, able to, to be able to get off the oars and have probably, like a 10 minute massage. Probably Gus. That'd be quite good. Maybe Gus. Gus you want Gus to massage you? Gus. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure Gus would want to massage you. You don't know exactly like, how to deal with your aches. I feel like somebody's done it. So if Gus was willing to, if Gus was like, nah, lads, I'll come and I'll just stay in the cabin and I'll massage you each shift. Would you I say yes? He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not a masseuse, is he? I don't think no, you're going to be, you're not going to think about nah, it. Nah, oh, oh, but oh, you would take it. Massage that. Very small masseuse. Very small masseuse would be quite good. The thing is, they don't even need to be small. If it's a, if it's like a... A Balinese massage? Nah, I reckon it'd be a small, floating, probably... Uh, maybe French restaurant, I think. <laughs> it's a little old restaurant, halfway across. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. In the or previous nice, fresh with, with fresh, fresh, fresh fruit. fruit. Yeah. In, in the previous like... episodes, I've asked this question, I'll ask you now. And it fits quite well with you being at sea. You come across a desert island, and there is one item for each of you that grows regardless. For me, it would be lasagna. There's one item that grows on this desert island. What would it be for you? Oh, heck. And this is food. Mm. Uh, it could be anything you want, but it's something you're, you're, you're rowing together and you go, lads, I could really do with. Yeah, I think it'd probably be mini pork pies. I've just got a, <laughs> I've got a real, I don't know what it is. If I with see a, them reduced. With a splodge of chutney. With a little, yeah, a little splodge of chutney and ketchup or something on the top. Oh, that's good. Oh, I just... Uh, it absolutely gets me going. I don't know what it is. If I see them reduced in a supermarket, I've got, I just go, I just, I have to buy them. Whether this will be the case when we're actually at sea, I'm not sure, but I think a nice, cold, juicy pint of tenants. A tenant? Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, chilled tenants. I think, I think, <laughs> at the end of the day, just a pint, a pint. I think, a pint I think, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, maybe. Apparently, like, some people have taken cigars and like and a whiskey, and you drink it halfway across, and it just tastes dreadful. Like you, you just your system is not made up for it anymore. You're not used to it at all. So it's although, yeah. Although you're like maybe a Guinness. That's like a meal. Yeah. yeah. Although you're going through this like horrendous shift patterns, like you're actually incredibly healthy. You're exercising so much. Apparently, you're eating really healthy. Apparently, your well. your nails become really shiny and they grow really fast, and so does your hair. And, and, uh, and the, the hope is laughing is that facial hair will um, finally That's like when Kier said to me, he was like, yeah, I could grow a beard. And about, I think a year later, he had like a little, little bit of hair. singular hair. Yeah, it's honestly a ball hair. Um, and what about yourself, Jamie? What would you want on the island? Oh, dear. I don't know. What would I want? It would be foodie. It would be food, yeah. And avocados, I was thinking. Would be, 
pretty good. Avocados would be nice. pretty healthy. Like scrambled eggs with avocados. That would be, that would be good. A bit of sriracha. Yeah. Oh, that could be quite nice. That would be quite good. Quite nice, yeah. A massive fan of Thai food. And there's, you're, while you're <laughs> rowing, while you're rowing, if one person, uh, collectively or separately, one person could appear on the boat and cheer you along, who would it be? For one person for us all? Oh, wow. Or individually? One individually. Well, so if we were doing like a solo shift so you're, on the oars. And you're I, you're I, doing I, a solo shift and someone appears I, I, before you in a car. <laughs> How you do it? I, I, I think it would be Eminem live in concert. Just, <laughs> just beam, lose yourself whilst we're battling high seas. I don't know, I'd just be mental. I think you've already lost your mind. <laughs> what about yourself? One individual. One individual. Who would it be? It could be anybody. Famous, someone Probably, you know. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Will Smith. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a really good suggestion. Yeah. I just think he's a great guy. And <laughs> I would love to have him there. No, just to have a chat. He would, he would be doing chat. that. He would Where do that really slow on? motivation speech. Yeah, yeah. No, he he does, does, he keep does. rowing. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to keep going. Okay, I would, um, say, I would say probably something to do with the charities. Yeah, uh, I'd yeah. say like like a Malagasy uh, <laughs> Malagasy lady from just as like some some way of seeing like the impact we'll be making. I think that would be good. Yeah, yeah, like some, someone from so Madagascar, true. which will maybe from a poor community who would provide oh, okay. clean water with. Yeah, uh, that 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 would probably spur you on quite a lot. Or probably maybe Michael Sadak. <laughs> just Michael Sadak. Yeah, just like one of your best, best pals and just uh Hodo. Yeah, you just like Hold the door. He's very he's very uh, comforting, is Michael Sadak. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. Um good chat. I, I hope this isn't gonna influence your hallucinations when you're when you're out on the boat and start thinking about this conversation. We'll be going it is, I'm gonna start picturing Will Smith everywhere. <laughs> Have you seen um Into the Void? Touching the Void? Touching the Void, yeah, yeah. yeah when he yeah. talks about, he hears Boney M and he can't get them out of yeah, his I, I really hope it's not like that. It's like, well, Smith. Well, Smith. <laughs> um, talking about the fundraising, what get was... Get jiggy the, with it. <laughs> what was the fundraising process in the beginning for you? So we, we've kind of split it up into two uh, sides. So we've got the sponsorship side, which is, that helps us pay for the boat and for shipping it out there and training and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the fundraising for the charities. Um, so they're, and they're two quite distinct activities to be honest um, the, the sponsorship side is very much um, kind of forming corporate partnerships really um, so that's that's going to companies and seeing whether they want to get involved in the road and whether they've got any kind of commonalities maybe you might be able to demonstrate their products or they might want to kind of be associated with uh, the road that kind of thing and then the fundraising which is a lot more enjoyable um, uh, it's, it's it's more like events um you, you can kind of you, there's no rule book for it really. you can do whatever you want um, so we like last night was that was charity yeah like it was a music gig for friends so that's it's quite, quite fun a lot of, to be honest a lot goes into it yeah. big, like you can just put it on a bed yeah, it's really time consuming but uh, it's been an amazing process starting having to create like a brand that, that even right, just yeah. just just that just creating something that you're like proud of and you're happy with and then going to people and being like can you see, can you, 
can you see like the sh do we have any shared values can you can do you can you see the vision that we have in this and and, yeah. and as a result would you consider investing that's that's probably that has been the toughest part and it's still ongoing like we're still trying to find a couple yeah. more sponsors we need to, to so you have to raise 120 grand to actually take part of the race so like the the boat and equipment costs about 60 to 70 grand race entry fee is 20 grand and then shipping is quite quite costly. Is about Twelve food, uh, yeah. There's and there's also a bunch of qualifications we have to get to take part in the race. And so it's quite a big. It's bit, and then when we sell the boat, about fifty to sixty grand of that will then go to the charities. But so yeah, we're we're about seventy five percent of the way there. We've raised about ninety grand. We need we need another thirty. Um, and then we'll be all good. And then and then a further kind of. So it'll be a further hundred and ninety grand for the charities. That's that's our goal. And you've done this all yourself. So yeah, we we'll, we'll, the the fundraising target is two hundred fifty grand for the charities. So we'll which hopefully we're well, we're on the way. On average, I think the team's raised eighty grand for for the charities. Again, it's like like the row. It's it's something you, like if you if you look at the the whole thing, you you kind of go you kind of despair and you're like, oh, <laughs> why yeah. why have we set those targets? But if you just do it like day by day, event by event, sponsor by sponsor, like little by little, builds up together. Yeah. So like, of course. we're not actually sure what what was raised last night, but I think it was it was a yeah ground at least. Yeah. And so like just little things like that, like yeah. you, if you if you do that over a year or a year and a half, and you combine it all together, like little by little, you, you hopefully get there. Definitely, yeah. there was a a quote I heard somewhere which actually can apply to. A, life advice if you have two boats going parallel with each other and one adjusts by half a degree several miles later that boat is miles away from the other one so, so true. small steps i guess um last night was your last time having alcohol before the race am i right yeah yeah no we've uh i mean we've not really been drinking that much really anyway in the last uh six months and like the, the training's pretty intense and it's pretty relentless, so you, you, yeah, you can't really afford to just take like a week off or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, so none of us have really been drinking that much anyway. Last night was our our last kind of big fundraiser, which is more of a, just a, a fun one. No, we'll, we've got one more. We'll we'll go, we've yeah. got twenty third of November. Twenty third. Big, big banquet at the Biscuit Factory in Leith, and uh, if anyone's interested, then go yeah. go on our website. There's uh, you reserve your Tickets there, tickets there, and yeah, that that's that's sort of that's going to be our m m big fundraising event. But unfortunately, because it's so close to the start of the race, we we won't be able to quite enjoy ourselves like we did last night. What's the uh, <laughs> what's the event um, website? Broar.co.uk. Broar.co.uk. So B R O A R. Um, do you have any? Uh, Ideas for the next two months, what you'll be doing up until the 1st of December, you said, is when you set yeah, off? that's when we fly, yeah. So it's mostly just gym work uh, and getting the final bits of sponsorship. Uh, and there's, there's a never-ending to-do list of just things we need to, to get ready before we leave. Yeah, uh, just keeps on refreshing. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty full-on. It's, it's kind of a full-time job. And you just released uh, with Pickerings and Tourette's? We did indeed, yeah. yeah. Specialist limited edition gin, and tourists is Scots Gaelic for the journey. 
and uh, Pickerings have been amazing. They've, uh, they're going to distill it with um, an earthy base of Scots pine and heather. heather. And then they're going to infuse it with um, blood orange um, and from ginger. Lagomera and, uh, and ginger from Antigua. So it's, it's the, the gins that kind of symbolizes the journey, hence it's called Anturus. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's on sale now. And, uh, and where can people find that? Just on our website as well, yeah. It's 30, 30 pounds. Yeah, it's quite fun. So we're going to have, by the end of this, we're going to have three whiskies and a gin. It's growing it's it's lots of legs. It has, actually. We thought it would just be like, yeah, just do a wee row. Just row. We've got a gin, we've got a whiskey, we've got some merchandise, we've got multiple videos. <laughs> oh, and you're releasing the, um, the pillage, the whiskey pillage. Yeah, so we, yeah, so we did this row up the West Coast and filmed all through that. So we, we've got a little music video that came out of that. We've got a, a kind of fun... Uh, pillage video where we're kind of pretending to steal all this whiskey. We didn't really, we, we were obviously very kindly donated it. I think you can, um, it's okay to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah. Um, I'll say now because we forgot to last night, massive thanks to Lost Clock Productions in Glasgow. They've been, they're, they're friends of ours, they started a production company and they've been unbelievable in helping us out and creating some, yeah. Like the content is just so good. Like, and it's been yeah. so fun working with them as well. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah. Yeah, they could crack. So they, yeah, they they they're fo- they've been following us the whole way, and they're gonna um, come out to um, well uh, start do, and do the whole do the whole process. Yeah, the hope is to create like a mini doc, um, just to yeah to to cover the whole process. We've been trying to document some of it ourselves, not very well. They've been doing a far better job, and uh, the hope is like we've got these we've got a promo video, we've got a video that is solely based on the whiskey pillage and that's that's to like to promote the blend promote the blend and create value in the blend because it, it, it just just describes the whole process of creating the blend much better than we ever could in words but also to create like a mini doc to just you know yeah cover the whole process yeah um so you finished the race do you have a message that you would like to pass on just now to your future self post-race? Is there anything you want to say to yourself or anything looking back when you listen to this that you would... I reckon, I reckon the Lachlan, the philosopher, is going to answer this one. Oh, not really. <laughs> you are qualified for this answer. Uh, I mean, assuming it all goes well, it will just be like, uh, oh man, you've set me up for <laughs> eloquent, but I've got nothing. No, I, th- I think, I think like, la- largely it's kind of when I think our decision to do this was kind of when you're when you're an old man, looking back at your life, you know, you want to, you don't want to have any regrets of things you wanted to have done. So I think I think it'd probably be like you know some, something to do with that. You know you. Great, great effort, great effort. You've you've done it because it's gonna be it's gonna be really, really difficult, really difficult. So if we do it and it's all success, then I think it will be quite a life changing experience. Uh, it's been a massive learning process. Like not, I mean, the rowing is is one element of it, but there's so much to it. It's basically setting up a business. Um, so that 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 has been actually amazing to to to, to go through. 
And this, 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 I mean, there's mistakes that we made on the way, I'm sure, but um, yeah. It's also because you, you don't know what state you're going to be. Like, we, we all, you know, you, you strongly, be, you can believe that you, you will be able to endure it, but you can never really know. When you get down to that bottom line of you are working off no sleep, you just, it's, you're on a totally different level and you don't know what state your psychology is going to be then. So that'll be, I think, I think really interesting to see, to experience that kind of the survival mode, mm. bottom line endurance. It's, yeah. it's an incredible control over your body as well. Yeah. So to be, come out with that. So hopefully touch wood. I think like a, like a shared belief or like a message would be take, take your mates or take family if you get on with them well and, and do something that like you're never going to forget because yeah, you've got, You've got one shot at it, and why not? And you've got one family, so you yeah. need to make the most of that. Well, uh, lads, thank you very much for taking your time to speak with me, and thank I wish you, you all the best on your journey. Thank you so much thank for going all the way to Hamburg. All the way to Hamburg. Fly in. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to follow up on their journey, they're on Instagram and Twitter as Brewer Atlantic. And you can also find their website where you can support and donate to their chosen charities. They set sail on the 12th of December. After that, it's anyone's guess when they'll arrive. As I left the flat, I realized that this was the last time I'd see them before they set sail. It was quite unnerving, but I'm hopeful for them. Ewan said off record that the story of Broer had been told in many ways, but I hope I got this one right for them. Here's to you lads, best of luck. For everybody else, I'll catch you next month. Thanks again.